You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Round one, fight! Can't we do our own secret shows? All our shows are secret shows. And we have the tools, we have the talent! You have to use so many cuss words. Let's go! Ooh, yeah! Oh, you got a TV right up there above you? Yeah, he does. Oh, no, no TV anymore. There used to be, though. My other TV is this one now. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, What's the one above? I thought I saw something above your monitor when you flipped it, it, it used to be. It used to be a TV nook. Yeah, it used, it used to, to be, be a oh, nook oh, for the TV. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was a reflection. I see now that it's like a fucking hole. Oh, yeah, because it was made for like CRT TVs, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the luxurious 19-inch yeah, yeah. color <laughs> CRT TV. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Actually, it was a tiny one. It was great. Uh, I don't even know that it was 19-inch, yeah. It was great. I think it was like a little 12 or 16-inch, maybe. <laughs> He'd be playing like Super Scope games on it and stuff, and be like, <laughs> that gun is bigger than the TV you're shooting yeah. at. <laughs> it is fun. Man, we're so spoiled by the size of TVs today, and I, I oh do think God. back to, like, we had the one TV in the, you know, thousand-foot square house with five people in it. And I think mm-hmm. it was like maybe a 22-inch TV color. And that was just yeah. like, I mean, when you're sitting two feet away from it, like it, it pretty much fills your vision anyway. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm about to pull the trigger on a 77-incher. Oh, um, my God. Shit. Where are you going to put that? A gallery TV. We're going to put it up on the wall here in the living room. Nice. Uh, take one of the shelves down. Nice. And Sarah's, you know, her whole plan is like, if we take the wall down in the middle of the house, it's something that you can see from the kitchen, you know, being being social and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I've, I've had it sitting in my best buy cart. And my whole thing is like, if I buy this, I'm paying someone to install it. Like they're going to bring it. They're going to mount it. I don't yeah. want to do any of that. Don't stuff. do that yourself. Um, don't be that guy. But it's, I mean, the TV's gorgeous. And right now there's a, a little bit of discount going on, but I've just, I've been sitting on that fence, and I know when I finally am ready to pull the trigger, it's going to go back to regular price. Yep. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, that's how it works. We got other. We have other things that we're looking at. It's like, you know, we, we were sitting there, and I was about to do it. I was like, babe, I'm going to do this. And then she brought up, she's like, well, we do need new windows. Like, it would be great if we got new windows. I'm like, yeah, you're right. We do. We do need <laughs> new windows. We could kind of use new doors, too, so that way we could, you know get some energy efficiency going in this house. Oh, oh, we could also re-insulate our home. That's probably pretty important. I hear you, Joe. But, but, or we can get a 77-inch TV. Well, I mean, the, <laughs> she's talking about windows, but who needs windows when you basically have a 76-inch window that you can you could do what uh, Jay has done and, and bring That's a forest right. into your <laughs> into your home. Exactly. Just, Just yeah, like the static image of the... The, the yeah. TV isn't going to muffle the sound of the passing trains. <laughs> it's not gonna... I mean, if you turn it up loud, enough it might (laughs) crank the volume sure throw on the ambient channel you know put put on your noise canceling headphones james (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome do we are like this close to just all of us wearing headphones watching our own individual things anyway it's it's kind of nuts like the kids when sarah takes the kids to work like we take two ipads and like harper will be watching (laughs) one thing james will be watching the other it's like, oh my gosh. Oh god. And just kinda like what Joel said, like, you know, you'd be in a, a thousand foot house with like one TV. Like that's mm-hmm. what we grew up with. That's right. kind of like the mission statement of this whole podcast that like it is, we grew yeah. up with that, like the one TV family, that big CRT TV, the hookups with like the forked hookups from the original Nintendo yep. and like the Atari oh, yeah. and stuff. Had to have the the, the bunny ear uh, oh, antennas yes. going mm-hmm. on top of the TV. Throw some foil at the top of them to get a little better reception <laughs> yes you'd you'd constantly be like 
pushing it towards the window. Yeah. And now living in a, in an age where I'm like, eh, I might spend four grand on a 77 inch TV. You know, why not? <laughs> but think of all the joy it brings. Like you can quantify that. I think that's a wise, that's a, it's an investment, Joe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people invest in real estate, mm -hmm. but uh, I think electronics is where it's at. I've already, already got it. I'm investing in my real estate by putting a TV there in there. You there you go. Yeah. Oh, you are, wait, are you leaving that TV behind when you sell that house? Is that what you're saying? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> But but you do have three arcade one up uh, cabinets. Yeah. Okay. So two two arcade one ups. This one is Legends a Ultimate. Uh, Legends yes. Ultimate Whatever. Sam's exclusive. Yes, which <laughs> belongs to your children now. Apparently, right? It does. Yeah. I still want to plug in like a a, a pie Raspberry Pi to that thing, so you can just load up all the games that you want on it. Oh, Jay. Yes. Jay, I'm so yeah. glad you're back. If for no other reason than to just <laughs> tell me that you're gonna plug a raspberry pi into everything that comes up in this conversation absolutely absolutely <laughs> the things we do to recreate our uh, classic game that nostalgia <laughs> yeah yeah this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nostalgia and you're gonna get a lot of it here on the low res high def oh, podcast my nice. name is joe cucinati joined by my co-host joel bernson hello, hello. Uh, and we've got jay gunn in the house hello. uh yeah brand new podcast experiment uh, kind of taking what we've done in the past, little pieces of uh, of the other shows that we've done in the past, like the Editing Bay and the 16-Bit Gladiators, and just kind of pushing it all together. And just instead of focusing on one thing, we're kind of encompassing all the things that we love. Uh, and we uh, we invite you to take part in the discussion. You know, we've got we've got a social social media, Facebook pages, Twitters. Do we? We've got the Twitters. If you want it, we got it. <laughs> just in time for Elon Musk to like drive yes. it into the ground. Yeah, exactly. I know. I did have that thought. I was like, should we be investing time and energy and effort into uh, this? Which, uh, yeah, we were all about Twitter in our previous podcast. Listen to those podcasts. But uh, nowadays, we do have a Twitter handle, though. You can find us at, uh, at LowResHighDef um, on Twitter. Yeah. And you can also find us on LowResHighDef.com. Uh, and as Joe said, maybe we'll have a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Although, we, if we're having a Facebook page. Check out our MySpace page. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's no way you're going to get us three 40 plus year old guys doing TikTok <laughs> like that's No, just, no. I don't think we, I don't think we're ready for that. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to the uh, bunny ears before I, uh, I jump into that. <laughs> yes. It's already passed me by. It's all going to get shut down anyway, right? By the US yeah, government. all, all getting banned. The world well, is going to get shut down. TikTok specifically. When, I the, mean. when the cordyceps take over. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. Have you been watching that? I've only yes. gotten up to episode four. So mm. I haven't watched the whole okay. thing yet. We, yeah, we haven't either. We oh, just so finished good. episode three last night, which was the uh, the really heavy one wow. with uh, Ron Swanson. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And we're, yes. we find ourselves at a crossroads debating whether we Ron want to continue Swanson. watching the show. It's not Ron Swanson. <laughs> that puts that whole episode in a completely different context. As people know him as Ron Swanson. <laughs> Hey man, he was good with his hands. He uh, he was a I was builder. Say he kind of was Ron Swanson. He was a he was a generous lover. I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. I okay. I I have to admit, I did find it difficult to watch just because of that. You know, because uh, you don't like midriffs, and there were a lot of those. I do I do not like that. I do not like that. Not into not into not into hair. Not even on my own body do I like seeing hair. So uh, seeing two guys rub it up against each other, looking like Velcro. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was not into that. But I, I do appreciate the story. And I gotta say, I love that we live in a time where a TV show that is based on a video game is kind of at the forefront of 
you know, uh, uh, bringing these kinds of conversations into eh, not not that gay characters in TV is a new thing. I know, Joe. I see you raising your. Are hand. you saying that the Super Mario Brothers Super Show didn't bring these same <laughs> topics to light? <laughs> a little more overt, I thought, in that rendition uh, <laughs> than in The Last of Us's portrayal. But no, um, th- this is how studies. The have one sh- episode where Mario was going down on Luigi, and they opened the episode, <laughs> and then they went into the cartoon. <laughs> Who needs? their pipes cleaned it's a whole new context to do the mario i was gonna say give a whole new meaning to do the mario (laughs) oh god (laughs) um (laughs) this is our second episode already with the uh the homophobia right out there no i I think it's great it's not not homophobia i'm not scared Mm -hmm. of it that's true i I welcome i I do believe the definition of that has evolved to mean more than uh uh, fear but uh, you won't find that on this podcast here either because i think we're all we're all allies right we consider ourselves yeah yeah yeah, absolutely no but i I do appreciate that uh what they're trying to do there and they're actually kind of building on uh the the characters and some of the themes from the game like this whole thing about um it being like a hive mind you know the cordyceps and Mm -hmm. you can step on a vine in one area and the hordes will come i don't remember that being part of the the game do you I, 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 I do remember, remember it. Yeah, yeah, I do remember them. It was kind of mentioned. It wasn't like a. I don't think they really um, explored it much, just beyond mm-hmm. the mentioning of it that that, that was yeah. something that could happen. It was it, uh, it was mentioned. It's just that you know how do you how do you illustrate that in a game mechanic? Right. You know that like yeah it, you would have to set the set the stage early on with like okay there's a bunch of guys here and like you know don't step on these vines because it might wake them and then you'd have to have like a cinematic showing like you've just stepped on it and right. i don't know i feel like it works that's the kind of thing that works better in a show than it would in a game true yeah yeah although watching it i i i've been remarking that um this doesn't feel like a a show based on a video game uh, which, which, but mm-hmm. I think that's a testament more to how cinematic the original Last of Us was that it wasn't yeah. that far of a jump to go from this this experience that game. Uh, if you've never played right. that game, sure, uh, please do yourselves a favor or, or just watch the show. Actually, they're two different things, though, aren't they? Yeah, well, yes, obviously, yes, similar, but though. yeah, <laughs> but they're they're they are similar. I mean, there's a lot of like there are a lot of parallels between the show and the game like there are a lot of things that you see in the episodes and you're like i remember that i remember that in the game very very vividly Mm -hmm. um i think naughty dogs i think naughty dogs track record with like adaptations is pretty decent like they did they did the uncharted movie which i know got a lot of uh uh a lot of groans yeah because like i think mostly because Mm -hmm. of the mark Wahlberg thing and also because because we all it's not though have you watched it I haven't watched it. I, I did. We did watch it. Uh, it. It wasn't awful. I'll just say it's forgettable. It's entirely forgettable. You feel like you've seen that movie before. Um, Tom Holland is doing his best to, to to hold it together, but Mark Wahlberg is just like he's, he he should have had the grace to step away from that project yes. and recognize he is not for that role. He is the weak link. He is the part of the movie that I, I think I could have done without the entire time. He wasn't as bad as I thought he was going to be. Yeah, absolutely. But it wasn't Campbell. uncharted. Exactly. It should have been Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Uh, but I thought for the for the most part, like the fact that it didn't suck, yeah. <laughs> I guess for me, the bar was fairly low. But True. the fact that it didn't suck, I thought was kind of impressive. Uh, and so I feel like 
I feel like that's a win. And then with this one, I mean, this one is just a, an overall success. You can't, yeah. you can't deny it. You can't deny it. Like just how, how great the production is on it. And I know a lot of people are like, Oh, it's just, it's just the walking dead all over again. And it's, no, not. it's not like mm-hmm. anybody who says that is only looking at it from fate, the just on the surface, yeah, yeah bare um, surface the, level, the performances that you're getting uh, are just outstanding, especially like Pedro Pascal, who's like, cornered the market on being like the father figure who's yeah, got to like know. you know who adopts a young one like you know just <laughs> he he does that role really well yeah. yeah oh yeah he can do no wrong i mean he can do wrong <laughs> but but he's he's pretty fantastic <laughs> jay you said you've seen a, a, a few of the episodes what are your takeaways um I, you know like the the very first episode um really kind of that one that one really hit like as far as almost a shot for shot from the game. Yeah. Like especially the, the very last shot where they were looking out into oh the city uh, with the, the, the storm rolling in and everything. And it was just like, mm-hmm. Holy shit, that, that was right from the game. Um, but I, I like that they've, yeah. Yeah. Dude, the opening. The, oh my God. Just as devastating, more devastating. <laughs> take, take one of the most, one of the, one of the most devastating and heartbreaking things that you've ever experienced and just stretch it a half hour longer. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Even knowing what was going to happen, I was still like, holy <laughs> shit. I know, I know. But yeah, um, I, I, I like that they, on that, going back to that, that first port, part there, the, uh, that they showed her going in and getting the watch fixed and everything like that. That's like something that was just, mm-hmm. I fixed this watch for you in the game, but they actually showed it in the, yeah. in the, in the show. And I was like, that's, that's, that's nice. That's a nice, nice touch to, to be able to do yeah. that. Yeah. Every um, every addition that they made to uh, you know, that 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 core experience from the game has been it's been really good, and, like and um, to me, it's like the antithesis of what the Disney live action adaptations of their animated two D movies have done. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. they just tack on extra shit, but yeah. it detracts from the overall quality. Everything's yeah. really been been plussed up yeah. uh, by the additions. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's I think it is important for us to develop a connection to his daughter before what happens happens. Mm-hmm. Um, in using that, in like what happens, show in creating the in creating the show. <laughs> you know, it's it's nice that they had such you know, such a close tie to the video game and, you know, like figuring out like, okay, what is it that we know from it? And what is it that we wish we could know more from? Mm-hmm, and yeah. and I think, I think that was great. I think paying homage, it, it seems like with a lot of video game adaptations, you know what? I take the super Mario brothers live action movie. There's this whole feeling where like, someone's like, ah, you know, just slap the name on it and, you know, do a couple of these things, you know, it, it was, it stunk of like a studio exec going, well, I know movies. I don't know video yep. games, but I know yep. movies and I know what's going to work for a movie. Yep. And it's like, no, you didn't, you yep. know, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't remember what made this special in the first place. Right. Listen to our uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, episode from our now defunct podcast, The Editing Bay, where we devoted an entire episode to uh, the original 85 uh, movie and what a piece of crap that was. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Joe, because um, we we didn't talk about it last week. And now that we've got Jay here this week, I really want to hear everyone's opinions. It's been a year since we've spoken about um, this, this new Mario Brothers movie. The animated mm-hmm. film, yeah, mm-hmm. that's finally coming out in uh, what less than a month, a couple, a couple weeks, weeks now. Yeah, and uh, we got tickets. You got tickets already. I got tickets for for me, Sarah, and Jay. Uh, yeah, me, Sarah, and Jay. We're gonna go see it on so the seventh. Oh, you little sons of bitch! God damn! <laughs> I wish I were there. Fuck. Yeah. All right, I do too. We have an extra ticket. Hop in the car. Oh, I, I'm, I would fly in for that. That sounds like 
Although I, I don't know if it's going to be a movie that's worth all the adulation and uh, me buying a one-way <laughs> ticket to see it. At a I don't think. Look, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be the Lego Movie. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be like Into the Spider Verse. But it looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah. Which the that that live action Super Mario Brothers movie didn't even do right. You didn't yeah. even have fun yeah. watching that movie. <laughs> so if you could, if I can have fun, sign me up. Yeah. Let's let's do this thing. Yeah, I, I think. You know, just going back to that that first trailer for it when we first heard uh, Chris Pratt doing the doing the voice, it was like, oh, that doesn't sound right. Mm -hmm. But you know, Jack Black was perfect. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's so good. And in the later trailers that we've been seeing now, we're hearing more of what we expect from Mario sound. You know, through mm -hmm. through uh, Chris Pratt doing the the higher pitch, the woohoo and. Yep. Still have yet to hear him deliver a line of dialogue. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I'm I'm curious how that's how that's going to work out. But I'm more excited about the the movie now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just from friends, not going to ruin it for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mm -hmm. that I think that everything else that I've seen, at least based on the trailers, obviously. Uh, so those are yeah. heavily edited and could be completely off. But well. <laughs> I, I think it's going to do the this the series justice. I think I've I've noticed that every every new piece of footage I see from it and every trailer that's released, they're leaning more and more into the oh, this is just a live this is just an animated version of the levels that you've played in Mario Kart yeah. and any mm -hmm. of the Mario Brothers yeah, games. That's all I and want. Here are the worlds you've been. Give me to. that exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> just give exactly. me that. I've, exactly. I've been stressing this whole time about like oh what's the story and the characters and what's the how are they going to portray them. But yes, if you're just going to have an 18 minute, like, I feel like the Mario Kart sequence is going to be like the pod racing sequence from episode one, mm -hmm. yeah. where we're all going to be coming out of the <laughs> movie and be like, eh, it was a B plus, B minus, but yeah, but that Mario Kart sequence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, I'm going to be super disappointed if there isn't a moment where he walks out into a sunny day and looks up and the sun looks at him menacingly and starts to fly yes. after him. I need that yes. to happen. Yes. I need that to happen. I want to see him walk in front of a mirror and see the little Lakitu holding the uh, camera on a fishing pole <laughs> yes. in his reflection. That's got to be yes. in there. Oh, the Easter eggs are just going to be. That everywhere. would be awesome. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. No, I mean, again, like I don't, I don't need something touching. I don't need something that's going to be revolutionary. I just need them to get it right. Yeah. Like yeah. they've had, they've had way too long to do this, and you know, I, I don't know why we thought it was going to be done right back in the nineties, uh, <laughs> but now they've got a chance. Like we just. I'm just looking for a little bit of setting, almost like the beginning of uh, of the Force Awakens. That first line, "This should start to make things right, right. again." Like yeah. this, that's all this movie needs. Yes. To Tabula be. Rasa. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, I think if if this delivers and and it and does well, I really want to see a Zelda, and I really want to see a Metroid movie. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. So would you rather see, no, 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 would you rather see, so if this does well, would you rather see Zelda done in like this animated style or would you want to see like a live action thing? I, I, I'll answer that while Jay thinks because I would, I want to see a live action Metroid. Yes. I've said that before. I think yes. that, that's going to translate really well. You have, it's called and Aliens. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was inspired by <laughs> Aliens, so sure. Pretty much. Um, but I, I think there's a way to reboot that and do it right. Like I said, uh, the, the Metroid is basically the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. You just do that and, and swap a couple of things. Um, yep. But I, I do want to see Link be animated. And specifically, I saw like some, some, 
I don't know if it was test footage or just screenshots of like a Link or, or a Zelda movie done in the style of Studio Ghibli, like a like a, a Miyazaki film. Yeah. Which they they yeah. borrowed heavily in Breath of the Wild from those yep. films anyway in the the style. So why not? It's a perfect match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Karaks specifically, like that's the first thing I think mm-hmm. of. It's like those Karaks are the definitely little, Ghibli little inspired. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm I I don't know. I feel like Especially when I see trailers for this new Dungeons and Dragons movie, I think I'd like to see Zelda be a live action movie, but I think I want it in kind of that Guardians of the Galaxy, yes. this new D and D style. Like, you know, give me that that swashbuckling adventure, but don't be afraid to throw some humor into it yes. because yeah. we are talking about a world with octopuses that shoot rocks out of their noses <laughs> and like big bulldog looking goblins that like you know will chase after you with spears, like. There's a lot of fun to be had. Yes. Yeah. There's big boobed fairies yeah. that like heal you by <laughs> hugging you. Like there's, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that you could draw some humor from. Yeah. And yeah. so like I'd I'd like for them not to lean a hundred percent into it, but don't be afraid of it. Uh, yeah. And so in that respect, I'd like to see a live action version of it. Yeah, I, I would like to see the. I, I think I agree. I'd like to see the live action, but they would have to be careful. I think with the costumes. Yeah. Because Jesus. I've seen, you know, I've seen like fan, yeah, fan uh, versions, and they always want to go for like the, the, the uh, ocarina of time with the, the long pointy tight hat, whites, and the yeah, long pointy hat, bright green mm-hmm. outfit, and it's like it just doesn't play well as a live action. It's fine animated, no. but that doesn't. You'll yeah. have to well do like uh, what they did with Harley Quinn. Mm. What they did with Harley Quinn in the uh, in the, the DC movies, where it's mm. like you know, mm-hmm. remember how everyone was complaining initially because oh, she doesn't look like she does in the cartoons yeah. and the comics. Yes, because that would look ridiculous in real yes. life. You have to sure. modernize it and bring it into the real world. But they've done. I mean, they've done some work. I mean, if you if you look at you look at Twilight Princess, uh, Twilight Princess, Princess mm-hmm. and yeah. you look at sure. uh, you know Breath of the Wild, even yeah. and Breath of the Wild. like they've they've done a good job of trying to like separate Link from that traditional look, you know? And what I love about it is they've, they've given us options where it's like, we could play our Zelda games where he's a little bit more mature and like, you know, not, not wearing such a goofy costume, but then if we want, we could play Link's Awakening, and he could yeah. still be kind of cartoony looking. Yep. Uh, I like I like that we have options. We've got you know uh, Skyward Sword, but we've also got Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. And if we wanted to kind of change up that style, I think Nintendo's done a good job of giving us different perspectives to yep. look at this world or these worlds rather. And so I think that we live in a world where we could have a live action Zelda. But then at the same time, we could have an anime Zelda too. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like it's it's kind of mm-hmm. okay. They're they're in different realities, uh, or different time frames, or just different mediums. Um yep. yeah, no, I'm it, what's funny is like we talk about like I really want to see an alien movie, and I'm like, or, or a Metroid, Metroid movie, and I'm like, well, look at aliens. Uh if you want to see a Zelda movie, there's that Tom Cruise movie Legend, Legends. which you is always bring that very up. much That's right. Legend That's of Zelda. Right. Like it's, yeah. it feels like, and I, I'm pretty sure Ridley Scott didn't mean. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know if Zelda was out around that time, but man, there are a lot of similarities between the I Legend th- of Zelda and this movie. I have to I believe they were both because... in production at the same time, right? No, no, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that like '89? Or no, no, it was way before then. It was like eighty two or eighty three. Really? Oh, then it would have been. It would have been before. Oh, uh, Legend eighty five. Eighty five. Eighty five. Nineteen eighty five. Way later than mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be. Yeah. There you go. Same year as uh, Zelda, right? I think Zelda was eighty six, wasn't it? Oh, oh, you might be right. Yeah, because Mario was eighty five. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. Zelda stole from yeah, Legend. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, you always say that, Joe, but I will say. Um, 
you know, that tone that you were talking about, that whimsy that uh, Zelda games have, is missing in that Legend film. So uh, aside from aesthetically and, and, and some of the themes, but it still doesn't feel as, as safe as a... Uh, I remember being very frightened of Legend back in the day. Yeah. 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 No, you're right. It, it is it is it is a movie made with like European German sensitivities. Yeah. Oh, yes. So there, it is going to be a little darker. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> now, Never Ending Story could kind of fit into that. Oh, yeah. A lot of those Jim Henson films. You're right. It's it's the Earthbound. That's Earthbound. <laughs> and <laughs> if we we need a Kirby movie. Uh, Ooh. No, I'm, I'm sure that's in the pipeline. I don't know. Now. I don't know what that would be. You know what? That's, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like with the success of Sonic oh, yeah. and if uh, Super Mario Brothers is successful, I think like the the natural next push, if it if not Pokemon, if we don't get another proper Pokemon movie, which I heard that they've now hmm. greenlit a sequel to Detective Pikachu. Oh, have they? Yeah, which is weird because Detective Pikachu is kind of its own standalone story. So th- I'm interested to see what they do there, but it it does give <laughs> me hope. It'll be if, in the Pokeverse. In the Pokeverse. Yeah, give me that. Yeah, give me yeah. it. If Super Mario Brothers does well, give me a proper Pokemon movie. Also, give me a proper Kirby movie. We could mm-hmm. there could be some fun there. You could have a Wally style Kirby film easily. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's yep. awesome. Oh yeah, Absolutely. well this is going to be like the Marvel movies where we started off with the big ones, right? We got Iron Man and <laughs> the MCU. Captain America. <laughs> And then, yeah, and then here we are 15 years later. We're like, uh, who wants Moon Knight? You like Moon Knight? Moon Knight's good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> but who, who the fuck knows who he is, though? Mark Spector? <laughs> I, <laughs> I know who he is. If you, Dear listener, if you've ever seen uh, a web series on YouTube called The Variants, hmm. uh, one of our promo posters was based on a Moon Knight cover. Uh, oh, really? And that was, that was my idea. That was my choice uh, nice. because I loved Moon Knight. So fuck you, Joel. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to disparage one of your favorite comics you've, there. You've hurt my feelings. All right, well, you know what I mean. They're, they're pulling the deep cuts, so you bet your ass, you know, in, in 10 years when we've, we're on Mario Brothers Part 4, the movie, uh, they'll be oh uh, looking God. at Kirby <laughs> and Kid Icarus. When, and, uh, when we, are, we are literally watching Mario 64. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're going to have Excite Bike, the movie. Oh, dude! <laughs> don't don't mess with yeah. me because that's awesome. I would love that. Uh, well, this just is... the dude in mud trying to run back to his bike, <laughs> <laughs> and then the bike starts to feel sad and sinks in the mud. Yeah. And he's like, no. <laughs> "No," and we could we could destroy a whole other generation of kids. <laughs> My favorite will be how they portray uh, driving in a straight line yet seemingly going in a circle. That'll be fun yes. to see on yeah. film. Mode seven, the movie. <laughs> well this was fun this was kind of yeah. fun catch up and stuff yeah. so um while we're kind of going around the horn talking about the things that we enjoy talking about mm-hmm. the things that we like i know we've you know every week we've kind of got our obsessions our things that we're into uh the things that are taking up it could be a movie could be a game could be music could be anything that's kind of our obsession or taking up most of our time i'm curious what uh what's your obsession of the week uh, well, Joe, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Mm. A masterful segue, by the way. Thank you for that. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that Jay <laughs> is on this much. episode because uh, I was prepared to talk about it last week, but uh, would much rather, no offense, Joe, uh, hear <laughs> the opinion of one uh, Jay Gunn as, uh, uh, about my, my Metroid Dread experiences recently because uh, it took, <gasps> took me over a year, over a year and a half. I bought it on day one and then did not launch it until uh, two or three weeks ago, but it has been the game so we've been playing good. in this household. And yes, it is my... Uh, 
obsession of the week, loving Metroid Dread. It is and so good. You're my I, obsession. I see why You're so many people <laughs> have. Will, will that be the theme song? Well, I'll, I'll add that what in post. What do I have to do to make it be with you? <laughs> well, I actually, I'll just take your audio. I don't need the actual song. There you go. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. But yeah. <laughs> so Metroid Dread. Hey, Jay, did you finish Metroid Dread? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I oh, I haven't gone through like the hard mode yet though, um, so that's that's still kind of like on the on the plate of eventually I might try it out. Uh, but oh my god, fucking it! It still is. I, I want to say it's surpassed Super Metroid. I mean, there's Whoa. still parts of Super Metroid that that uh, I don't know, almost like they're tied because Super Metroid yeah, has yeah. better atmosphere and music. It's hands but, down super metroid soundtrack is like the music is way better yes yes fair enough but the control the fluidity and just the overall like movement in in dread and mm-hmm. uh, even like the even like the the level layout is yeah i, I want to say better than than super metroid because I think so too. Th- some of the things like the environmental um, storytelling that it does yes. does a little bit better for me. It is the perfect like modern translation of what we played. Like it's, it's yeah. the yes. next, yeah. it's, it was like the next logical step, which is really refreshing. And I know you guys know what I'm talking about, which is great because I feel like I hear myself <laughs> talking. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense, but like to go from like Metroid, super Metroid, you know, Met- Metroid two, like all those and then, like, we kind of had Prime for a long time, and I, I could never really get into Prime. I just never really liked the the 3D perspective of it, and mm. I never had the hardware to play that game in the first place. Uh, so I'd have to try to play it at Jay's, and I, I just never really got into it. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, so many years pass, and then I got, you know, the, the Samus Returns, the remake of Return of Samus. Mm. And it was like, that was fun. That was a nice, like, what was it? That was on uh, the 3DS, right? 3DS, yeah. yeah. So it was a great translation for the 3DS, but it still kind of bought into like some of that gimmicky 3DS control that was mm-hmm. like, Ugh, I hate that Nintendo does this. They they kind of make you t- use some of these weird control schemes. But for the most part, it was a pretty cool translation. Uh, you could see the evolution between, you know, like Super Metroid to this one and then, you know, what you get with Dread. And I think what they did with Dread was like they looked at the things that really worked in those past installments in mm-hmm. Super Metroid, in, you know, in, in Metroid Zero Mission and uh, yes. in Metroid, uh, what, oh, what is the other one? Uh, Fusion. Fusion. Yeah. Fusion is fantastic, by the way. If yes. you've never played it, Joel, uh, Fusion is such a good game. And it's like, it's next. It, 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 and you nice. can see if you've played Fusion, they like, they care. I mean, they, they even say it in the game that they've like carried over like the things that are in fusion kind of play into what's going on in dread, dread yeah. but where the controls actually feel like an extension, you feel it as, and, and I think Mark has, pa- has uh, pointed this out on past episodes of 16 bit mm-hmm. where, you know, you, you actually like feel that satisfaction of like, whenever you do something, you get a satisfying response from the character on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Dopamine. Uh, yeah. And, it was that game that uh, I bought the Switch HD version oh. or whatever, the 4K screen OLED. or whatever. The, oh, the, yeah. Yeah, the OLED. the OLED. I got the OLED for that game. And uh, I think I brought it over to your place, Jay. And there's yeah. clearly a visual difference. Oh, yeah. Between, it's a visual difference. Yeah. yeah. 
and it's 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 gorgeous. crazy. I still want to get the OLED. I, I haven't pulled the trigger on one yet, but I still want to get one. Well, well, you guys do a lot of handheld playing. I'm almost 100% docked. I can't remember the last time I haven't. Um, so yeah. for me, you know, I don't really care for you. about the screen on the. No, it's not that. I'm just saying, like, that's not yeah. that much of a. No, I meant that sincerely. Point. <laughs> I'm, so I'm jealous. <laughs> oh, good for you, Joel. Like, no, 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 no. It wasn't sarcastic. You do understand that the reason I'm handheld is like out of necessity, not by choice. Oh, yeah. So, so when you purchase this uh, 76 inch TV, will you be actually using it or will this be reruns of Moana? This will be Moana and <laughs> the episodes of House Hunters. <laughs> That's basically what we're doing. We're getting a really big, expensive one because it's got a gallery option. So, like, you can Ooh. just like turn it to gallery mode and it just goes through photos and stuff. So, it's just a cool big frame. Yeah. yeah. Who thought that uh, when we saw Back to the Future 2? back in 1990-whatever. Right. That, uh, that's kind of what we're predicting the future. Remember, everybody just had the TVs or you just talk to it. Alexa, turn on uh, mm-hmm. the Weather Channel. Yeah. Here we are. Kind of have that. I'm not sure about Whoops. that. <laughs> she started Did she start talking she to you? Awesome. That's what I get. I can only blame myself. I should have known better than that. All right. Well, that was my obsession. I'm sorry. Of the week. No, I took up a lot of time fine. there talking about dread. Yeah, but... It does seem like uh, you wouldn't know it <laughs> from the last five minutes, but this was my uh, obsession of the week. <laughs> <Metroid> Dread. <laughs> Joe, anything you've been obsessing about that I could talk about incessantly? Uh, Elden Ring? Do you want to talk oh, about Elden oh, Ring? Oh, let me tell you about Elden Ring. Because I finished Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't know anything about Elden Ring, uh, but I do know... I finished uh, 234 hours in, and I finally finished the game. Uh, and then I started like New Game Plus, and the only oh, reason no, I'm playing Joe. any of New Game Plus... Is no 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 no. Here's the thing. I am not going to go through it again. But there is a there is a satisfaction, guys, to being like having all the powers because you basically start the new game with every single thing you had oh. when you finished the first game. And so to go through and like the first part of the game, the first main bad guys that took me five hours to get through, to go through it in like five minutes yep. is so yep. satisfying. Like <laughs> revisiting these people, like. Now you're all in big trouble. <laughs> you're the boss now. You're like a Julia Roberts yeah, exactly. in that scene from Pretty Woman yeah. where she goes back into the uh, the dress shop. Big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Huge. <laughs> so that's basically what I've been doing. Like I've just yeah. been like running fucking all full bore across like the the lands between and just taking out these bosses. It's so funny because there's this one boss who gave me so much trouble. I must have tried to fight him like 20 times, and like I finally got through it. And like this time he wasn't even done with his opening dialogue and i had him dead <laughs> i love that he's like uh untarnished so you have no wait <laughs> <laughs> gotcha bitch but that's, that's not awesome. my obsession oh. my obsession is maybe going to be something a little outside the box uh but i wanted to share it and i know you guys have seen it um because we all went and saw this movie together uh, back when you guys first you still lived in town uh oh. the unbearable oh, weight of massive talent yes yes Speaking yes. of uh, Pedro Pascal, there's a meme going around now that's like all it's it's when they're high and Nick Cage is in the car and he looks over. He's got this really serious look and he looks over at Pedro Pascal. Yes. And then we cut to Pedro Pascal. He's got these big eyes and big <laughs> smile and he looks over and Just then looks back at the road. Out of his mind. And this has become like the new meme sensation where people have been putting like, you know, oh, really? where Nick Cage in the text is like, my husband, when he finally gets home from work and wants to just sit down on the couch, and then it cuts to Pedro Pascal. And it's like me asking him to get me some water and a snackety snack and a blanket because I feel really cold right after he sits. 
That's <laughs> awesome. Like, These are so great. And I sent you guys uh, one where they did like a Mario version of Mario? it. Where yes. it's, it's Nick Cage and they put a Luigi hat on him and he looks over slowly and there's a blue shell flying around his head and it hits him and it cuts to Pedro Pascal wearing the Mario. The Mario. <laughs> That's perfect. And it's always done. It's always done to like the, the, the Mama Cass song, make your own kind of music. Yes. And it's like, just it's perfect and i must have gone down like this like two hour youtube rabbit hole <laughs> where i was just finding different versions of this meme done with like different texts different animations it's uh it was my obsession for That's, this wow week. what a time we live in i love that and speaking of pedro pascal like that did you guys see that snl uh mario kart skit <laughs> yeah oh my god <laughs> holy crap Dude, like that was legit. The production good. value. He killed that entire episode. Yes. He oh, yeah, killed it. Was it. Great. But that sketch in particular was outstanding. Yeah, I, I yeah. can't believe how far the, the the little nimble digital team there at SNL, mm -hmm. you know, who was doing uh, Dick in a Box, yeah. like you know, a decade <laughs> and a half ago, and now basically making full length feature film trailers. Yeah, right. Great. It was beautiful. Jay, what's your obsession? Yeah. Uh, well. Pretty much the only thing that I've been kind of obsessing over this week has been Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, um, I I finally I started playing it again last year, and I basically started over. Oh, jeez! And went through all the stuff that we did, kind of like when when you had your your free thirty days <laughs> when we rushed through. Yeah, when we <laughs> we kind of blew through and did the did that first little part, and. Then I got on to the expansions, and I've actually gotten to the end now. I'm at the mm. I'm at the last you know at the last expansion. I've finished the the most recent content, and holy <laughs> fuck! Excuse my language, but my god, that game is amazing! Like yeah? the 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 for the last thirty ish years, almost thirty years, Final Fantasy VI has been like my top. It's been the best. I think this takes the cake now. Whoa. Yeah. Strong words. I think no. it wow. I think it takes the cake. Wow. Six has been yeah. dethroned by both of us now. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's wild. For you, Joe, it was uh, Dragon Quest eleven. It right. was Dragon yeah. Quest eleven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um that good. You know, when they released their newest expansion, which was uh is called Endwalker, um Texas Ranger. They actually updated the older content of of the game. So the first part the a realm reborn that that me and joe played through a mm -hmm. couple of years ago you can actually play pretty much that entire section uh I, well actually you can pretty much play almost the entire game as a single player game now mm -hmm. like even when you go into into the dungeons and stuff that you have to go through to to get to progress in the story you can do them with NPCs now. Nice. So you don't have to join up with oh, other characters yes. or with other players in the game. Yeah. Those players were assholes. I know, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so that kind of got me back into it. Um, and, and even the second expansion, the the Heaven's Ward, was, it blew me away. Like the quality of the story and the level from A Realm Reborn, which was rushed because back in 2010, when the game originally came out, it was such a train wreck oh, yeah. that they basically they had to publicly apologize for how bad this game was <laughs> and said we're gonna we're gonna start over we're gonna rebuild the whole thing and so for about two years they essentially made it a free-to-play game while they worked on this a realm reborn oh that's update. nice of them but then you get into into heaven's ward and 
it suddenly it's like there's a there's a definite tone shift in in the quality of the story that they bring into it hmm. and there are parts of heavensward Stormblood, Shadowbringers, and Endwalker, where I legit was brought to tears. Wow, wow! In the in the story, and and that I mean that that's happened in parts of of like Final Fantasy VI. Like there's some there's some parts of the story of that that were just like that emotional hit that you get. Mm-hmm. But there's so much of it in 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 fourteen. Hmm. It, it's just it's amazing. It is. It's absolutely amazing. Let's get to our main story of the evening. There you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. We've been talking a lot of video games, uh, a little bit of movies as as it pertains to video games, but uh, now we're going to go dive into uh, the world of film with our main topic this week, uh, and, and, and a melancholy one, a, a kind of sad one, because the reason we're talking about this person, uh, it's not it's not because of good news. Um, Joe, um, when, I, when I heard the news about Bruce Willis, I guess it was a few months back, right, that uh, he's been being diagnosed, he's got a form of dementia, yeah. um, he's been exhibiting some symptoms on movie sets for the past several years, uh, apparently he's been having to wear like an IBF, people have been feeding him his lines. Um, oh, for and, sure, and, yeah. And like a lot of his movies have been like those weird straight-to-video, you yeah, know, produced yeah, in like turkey yeah. uh, l- low yeah. productions, but just yeah. easy well, I, Yeah, I feel like he was doing that... Uh, those kind of films before this happened, but but maybe not. Maybe they coincided. Are you, are you drawing a, a correlation between the two? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was, I think, I think he knew what was going on. Uh, and I, and I think he was trying to kind of collect as much as he could. Yeah. I think he realized that he was starting to lose a step and, and again, trying to get that payday um, while he could, because yeah, He's not going to be able to do. He's not going to be able to do this stuff anymore. Yeah, no, um, I think, think he's effectively so retired, right? Yeah. Even if he's, yeah, even if he's phoning it in, even if he was phoning it in, I think that this man had to say goodbye to something that he loved, something that he knew mm-hmm. for decades, and you know, at one point was kind of the top. You know, the when you t- you think about action movies, you think about Die Hard. You know, you think about mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Die Hard franchise as a whole. I mean. It has it has its peaks and valleys, but I mean, Die Hard's kind of a household name. You think action movie franchises, and Bruce Willis was the first guy to be like the everyman yeah, who was yeah, an action yeah. star. He wasn't all muscled up. He was just he was an everyman. He redefined that genre, and then you know, kind of found himself at the forefront in, with a lot of other films. You know, you think about the Fifth Element, I love and the film and I know my feelings about the Fifth Element aren't the strongest. I like the movie. I don't love it as much as everybody else does. But, you know, there's definitely some good work that's being done there. You look at Armageddon, like the ultimate summer blockbuster, like disaster Mm -hmm. movie. And like, it's like the dirty dozen in space. And he's at Mm -hmm. the forefront. He's keeping that down. Look at his work with, uh, with Tarantino. Oh yeah. With Pulp Fiction, not just Pulp Fiction, but even like bit parts that he did, like in four rooms, uh, (laughs) you know, as the man who gets his his finger cut off. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) But like, this is, this is a guy, I mean, death becomes her. I think you can't talk about Bruce Willis films without talking about death becomes her. Like Mm -hmm. he's, He's got a great body of work. He's proven himself to be a versatile actor in the past. Very versatile, yeah. And unfortunately, as he got older, he kind of got a little bit more pigeonholed into one area. Uh, and you think so? Yeah, I think he kind of got pigeonholed into being like the action guy. Yeah. You know, can what 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 drama has he did he do uh, in the past the like six, five six years? Oh, the past five or six years? Uh, okay. Well, I I, I mean. I would, I would say Looper, but that was about 10 years ago, and even that had a lot of action in it. That was 10 years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. 
How long ago was uh, was what was that movie? Not gla- was it Glass? Yeah, yeah. The the third in the trilogy, uh, the M Night Shyamalan Unbreakable, Unbreakable trilogy. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which yeah. I still haven't. I haven't seen the second or third parts. Oh wait. Yeah, I haven't seen Glass or the 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 one with. Yeah, what was that called? The Split. Split. Oh, I don't know. Split. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen Split or Glass. Um, They're good. It's a great trilogy. Although you didn't really like oh, Unbreakable to begin. I with, didn't so really like Unbreakable. Maybe not so much for you. <laughs> yeah. But you're in the minority there. It's all beside the point. You know, he <laughs> he was a much more versatile actor until he got you know you get a little bit later in his career, and he kind of was doing a little bit more of the action movie stuff. And I feel like there's an ease to the action movie. There's, uh, I, I think. Besides horror movies, I think action movies, especially of that caliber, like could have a pretty quick production cycle. And and probably less of like an emotional toll as an actor. Joe, yeah. you know yourself being on stage that when you've when you've got to do heavy drama, especially night after night, or at least take after take, um, it's it's taxing. And, oh, and for sure. you're right. Maybe he's at the, the point in his career and, and also just his life where I mean I, I would probably make the same choice. Hey, do you want to do uh, Schindler's List too? I don't know what that would involve, but I'm trying to think of one of the saddest movies. The, the other side of, of the of... list. <laughs> <laughs> Schindler's List 2. Still listing. <laughs> oh, my God. This um, time, Oscar Schindler rescues Jews by breakdancing. Listen to the He's breaking them out. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's, so Let my you know. people go, 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 go. <laughs> oh, shit. That's, That's the type of uh, That's terrible, Joel. humor you're going to get here on this on this podcast. No, I shouldn't. We're cutting <laughs> that part out. Cut that part out, Jeff. Yeah. Um, no, but no, I mean, you tell, you tell Bruce Willis, like, hey, look, you could play, you've been playing John McClane for 40 years. Yeah. You could just be him. You don't need to be anything sure. else. Just deliver the lines like you do in that last Die Hard movie. That's fine. You know, and, and I'm sure he's like, okay. Yeah, you know, I I could do yeah. that. Like you hear these the story from Kevin Smith about how much of a, you know, a pain in the ass it was to work with Bruce Willis, and now you know knowing what I'm knowing what I'm hearing now, I, like I wonder. I'm like, mm-hmm. was this setting in then? Like, was this even an issue back well, then? Come on, that I, nobody I, knew about. I think in that scenario, Kevin Smith's probably the one who's a pain in the ass. I could see him maybe rubbing somebody uh, of Bruce Willis's ilk the wrong way. You know, I could see Kevin Smith rubbing someone the yeah. wrong way, being too familiar, maybe because yeah. someone like Bruce Willis, who's been doing the same thing for so long, yeah. like Bitch, I don't know, yet. I don't think he's going to want to get a line read from a young director, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you're going to tell me how to be my like. I could see that, so I could see where both of them were maybe in the wrong, but you know, Bruce Willis, even if you watch Cop Out, you're like. This is not his best work. Like there's, there's, yeah. there's some problems here. When when Tracy Morgan is carrying your movie with Bruce Willis, I'm like that's that's probably a, a bad sign. Well, this is supposed to be a Bruce Willis tribute, so <laughs> it is. Work. But it is, I think, to yeah, tribute yeah, to, to yeah. give the man a tribute. I think I think we have to be honest about his career, sure. though. And uh, in in order to do that, let's talk about his beginnings. Let's talk about where he started. Oh, yeah. Where was the first place you saw Bruce Willis? Uh, well, I am glad you asked that, Joe, because. Uh, uh, the first place I saw him, um, oh, I, so I probably became aware of him through Moonlighting, the old TV show yes. that he co-starred with. Yes, oh yeah, um, totally. But I wasn't watching that show. My family was watching that show, and I kind of absorbed him through there. Um, and, but but I, re- I remember the moment it stuck for me 
who this guy was because he was also um, he had a little bit of a singing career back then, didn't he? he was releasing Bruno, albums. yeah, and uh, exactly, and he uh, he was doing uh, commercials for Seagram's Gold. Uh, That's right, wine coolers. That's right. Do you remember that? Yep. And mm-hmm. he had a little jingle that he would sing. And actually, I think I found the video here. Let me see if I can if I can pull it up. I remember actually window watching Moonlighting, and one of those commercials came up during the moonlighting. <laughs> oh, really? That was just blown your mind. Yeah. This guy's in everything. <laughs> David Edison selling beer. <laughs> All right, here, I think I got it here. Let's see what this will play. Okay. Let me know if you're Seagram's commercial. Do you know this one, Jay? Seagram's golden wine cooler. Yep. I just, I, love the, I love the whole concept that like, okay, Bruce Willis is going to leave this old, like, you know, colonial style house and like he's going to be singing into his beer bottle and there's just randomly dudes <laughs> playing instruments on his porch yeah man <laughs> his, his music is infectious the dude playing harmonica <laughs> come on yeah he's got a whole band there on the front porch i want a dog singing, to the, singing dog. to the dog <laughs> look how much he's like just is given in that commercial Oh, oh yeah, oh uh, the Bruce Willis of the '80s and '90s. He like, was he, given, he was man. infectious, man. You, mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. His energy. Um, so it's it's no surprise that like he just shot to stardom because, yeah. like you said, he could do it at all. He did action. He did comedy, and uh, he did music. What was and it was mostly comedy for a long time. For a while, he, was, yeah. he is so so chrasmatic. Um <laughs> but like he did I don't know if you remember he did that movie with Kim Basinger Blind Date. Mm-hmm. Uh that was that's, right. that's the first movie I think I remember him doing. But like um, I first saw Bruce Willis in an episode or maybe it was a couple episodes of Miami Vice. Oh, he played like this right, drug yeah. dealer what? uh villain that ends up like getting shot and dying in a pool. Uh and it was like after that, because my dad used to watch Miami Vice all the time. Uh, and so I remember him. I don't remember his character's name, but I remember seeing him because it struck me when my mom started watching Moonlighting. And I used to watch that show with her all the time. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, that's that guy. He was a villain in Miami Vice. Uh, but David Addison was like Han Solo on network TV. Like yep. yeah. his attitude, the way David Addison carried himself, the way he had this like devil may care attitude towards Civil Shepherd, like this fucking cat like the, the <laughs> she agrees the chemistry that he had with sybil shepherd like it echoed that like han solo princess leia energy mm-hmm. and i think that's what drew me into it so like i got to enjoy so much in talking about like how versatile he was the episodes of moonlighting like they would do like detective noir stories they would do stories like taming of the shrew like so like yeah. everybody would be shakespearean like they really just went outside the box in that show mm-hmm. and it highlighted not just bruce willis but also sybil shepherd oh, like yeah, she was that great. cast was really great with those two holding it down mm-hmm. it was it was can't miss tv uh and yeah so yeah. to see bruce willis go from being like this you know this very like cocky uh but romantic leading man and see him make that jump to die hard mm-hmm. was just like wow for him for it to be successful too because i don't know if you guys remember when like those trailers were coming out people were like the guy from moonlighting like he's going to be an action star get out of here kind of like when you found out that michael keaton was going to be batman like a lot of people were like what what are you talking about and it was successful it was great it worked and yeah die hard and i'll be i you won't hear me say this often but this is the truth die hard isn't great Whoa. just because of bruce willis okay and like yeah 
I, I will even say Bruce Willis isn't the best part of Die Hard. Yeah, Hans you know, Gruber. like, but but it is, but it is, you know, Alan Rickman's work and the fact that like they share very little screen time yet. Alan Rickman is elevating Bruce Willis, but at the same time, Bruce Willis steps up to the challenge. Yeah. And like, yeah. you need an actor who's going to meet you there. And he met Alan Rickman on that level. He met that whole production on that level. I think that, I think that Bruce Willis had a dragon to slay. He had hmm. a point to prove with Die Hard, and he did it. Mm-hmm. And it, it gives me all the respect, all the respect in the world for that guy. Uh, for for yeah. what he accomplished there. No, yeah, you're right. And then from then on, he was the action star. He was the guy who uh, everybody wanted in their movies. And and yeah, a lot of my favorite uh, Bruce Willis movies are action movies, the aforementioned, um, and specifically sci-fi movies. Um, but yeah, Fifth Element, I just love yeah. him in that. In a, yeah. in a in a weird and Bruce Willis, I don't know if he's he's got an ego, uh, but. I, I, what you're saying, Joe, is something that I sense in his other movies, where he he feels comfortable being part of an ensemble. He doesn't need to be. The, he's not Tom Cruise, yeah. you know, where mm-hmm. everything is being marketed around him. Yeah, um, I would say that his best movies are when he's in an ensemble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah, Fifth Element. There you mm-hmm. go. It's his best film. The Fifth Element, <laughs> Armageddon. I mean, oh, yeah, there you go. Say yeah. say what you want. It's 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 it works. Oh, um, mm-hmm. How about Twelve Monkeys? You know, he, he's great in that movie, but like, you've got Brad Pitt giving some great work, Madeline Stowe, like that, that film Mm -hmm. is a, is a great film because of the the pieces that make the whole. Yeah. Yeah. And and another sci-fi kind of mind fuck. Um, and and I think that's Mm -hmm. a lot of where, where his stardom comes from too. It's not just that he can do it all. It's that it's the films that he chose to do. And, uh, yeah, maybe later in his career, he's, he's got a little lax on that, but I, (laughs) I, I, I respect somebody, I respect somebody who in the year 2011, who is mega superstar Bruce Willis saying, hey, I'm going to do this weird time travel movie with this uh, kind of up-and-coming director, yeah. and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm-hmm. um, where he's basically kind of playing a villain. And yeah. you mentioned it earlier, Joe, when you said you saw him in uh, Miami Vice as a bad guy. Yep. That got me thinking, he, he doesn't really play bad guys well, but when he does... He, even that he can do yeah yeah no looper his work in looper is outstanding and it was like he kills children he well he kills children Mm -hmm. but then like i i just i love i love that the 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 bit at the end when joseph gordon levitt does what he does like i don't want to spoil it just in case someone hasn't seen that movie you should see like what joseph gordon levitt does and to see the resolution in bruce willis when that happens like there's a lot of good work going on there dude even his work in the the gi joe sequel (laughs) where he plays joe colton like that's fun it's Mm -hmm. so fun they could have very easily tried to just like put that whole movie on on like his his cameo and he could have just phoned in that cameo but he didn't he actually put in some good work in that movie uh that sequel is surprisingly like better than it needs to be (laughs) oh yeah it far surpasses the first one oh for sure (laughs) <laughs> there's no there's no debate <laughs> it's, it's way better than the first one but uh but yeah like he he puts in he puts in some good work and even in the like 2011 like you said like with with looper like if you didn't have bruce willis playing that the the gravitas rather mm-hmm. rather um of that character of of the joseph gordon levitt character like going through like the years you see the years on him and yeah. like what's made him what he is at that point like God damn, like that's 
That's it's just it's so well done. And and it's kind of like that happened with the sixth sense. If you remember, mm-hmm. like Bruce Willis was kind of he was kind of off the map for a little while. Like we didn't, yeah. he had just done, I think like last man standing and people were kind of sick of seeing Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Uh, his movies weren't like getting, they, they weren't as popular as they were at some, at one point. And then like the sixth sense came out and then here's this guy doing this movie. No, like we're waiting for action movie, Bruce Willis. Yep. Instead, it's this slow burn drama, mm-hmm. this character piece. And we finally get to the end and it's like, holy shit. Yep. Like that right there is, that's highlight real material. The, oh, the kind of work he did. That's probably my favorite Bruce Willis film right yeah. there, The Sixth Sense. Yeah. yeah what, 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 what would be because I, I think well, I think mine's obvious. Jay, what's mm. your favorite Bruce Willis film? Uh, I think Look Who's Talking. <laughs> actually, actually um, even that he does no, a good I, job I would, doing some I, some voice acting. He does though. Yeah, he does a great job. Yeah. Um, no, I would say it's it's a it's either a tie or it's just a really close race between either um, the fifth element or die hard. Yeah. Wow. As my favorite. Mm-hmm. No Pulp Fiction yeah. in there, huh? That's tough, so man. Much, it's too much an ensemble piece, right? Cause it's, it's not a Bruce Willis film. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, oh, he's in yeah, like yeah. the middle chapter yeah. and part of the first chapter. Like that's it's true. hard. It's hard to say like, that's my favorite Bruce Willis movie. Um, yeah. It's great, but yeah, it's, it's so good. Not necessarily a Bruce Willis movie. If you had to recommend an obscure, like a Bruce Willis movie that, like, you think maybe people haven't seen, mm. like that you have, what would you recommend people see? Oh shit, that is a great question. I'm gonna look at his IMDb page here for a second. It's kind of a loaded question because <laughs> I have a movie in mind. Uh, and so I was curious if you guys had something like this. So because of that, I'll start. Uh, there's a movie called 16 Blocks that he did oh, with yes. uh, yeah. Most yes. Def, yeah. where where he plays kind of an older cop, maybe like uh, coming up on his retirement. So that's a little cliche. But, you know, he's a cop that's kind of buddies with cops on the take. He's been a cop on the take in the past. And he's been assigned like to drive this witness from the from the department to to the to court to be arraigned uh because this this witness is going to uh he's going to turn state's evidence or whatever mm-hmm. and so uh the, these crooked cops try to like pay off bruce willis like hey you know when you get to this block drop him off here he doesn't make it to the courthouse and bruce willis is like he's faced with this moral dilemma like he's always been this cop on the take he's been a dishonest man his entire life hmm. and now he's found himself at a crossroads where it's like he ha- he has the chance now to do something right and he does and it turns into this like it, it it could be i used to call it and i think jay might remember this i used to call it like the die hard sequel that we never really got like of yeah. older john mcclain yeah. like it played out like an older john mcclain story oh yeah uh but it's a really good piece it's a great hmm. it's a great look at bruce willis playing an older bruce willis like, because he was not the age of this character at the time. So he's kind of playing a little. He's added a few years to himself. He's not in the best shape, mm. this character. Uh, and I think he's doing a good job playing playing the age, playing that this guy's out of shape, playing that he's out of options. Uh, the desperation, but then at the same time, the resolution to do the right thing. Uh, it's, it's a really good film. Uh, it's worth the hour and a half that it is, yeah. uh, and uh, and yeah, that would be that would be my pick. Sixteen blocks. Interesting. Yeah, I, I I forgot he was in that one, but I do remember enjoying that one. It's a good call. Um, sure. My pick would be um, 
it, it, it's not a, it's not necessarily a hidden gem, but if you're you know a quote unquote Bruce Willis fan, this one may kind of fall um, under your radar because it's more for Wes Anderson fans because he was in uh, Moonrise Kingdom, one of the Wes Anderson Moonrise films Kingdom. From, that's uh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Had a small part, but he had a lot of heart, and it ended up playing a, a big role in the grand scheme of things at the end of that film. And uh, I just remember thinking, wow, this guy, this guy really can do anything. Like here he is, he, he does cartoons, he does musicals, he does comedy, he does action, he does drama. And now here he is uh, doing a, a, an avant-garde mm-hmm. Wes Anderson film. You know, I, I forgot all about him doing the cartoons. He did that Bruno the Kid cartoon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot that. I feel like he's done voices in other things too, besides babies. Oh, yeah. He voiced hey, Yeah, um, he was in um, uh, Lego Movie 2, wasn't it? Oh, really? He was in that. Was he? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, there he is in uh, Miami Vice as Tony Amato in 1984. Tony Amato, yeah. <laughs> um, so he did this, um, a video game called Apocalypse. Oh. For, I think it was the PS1, uh, PlayStation. And it, it kind of played out like a movie. Uh, it was it was a really cool shooter, multi-directional shooter. Uh, but yeah, it pretty much played out like a Bruce Willis movie. Like the first the first level is like you're breaking out of prison. And then like, you know, you're, you're kind of fighting across the cityscape trying to get to like the rebellion. And it, it, it it's really good. And just listening to like Bruce Willis's voiceover throughout the whole game. Like if you, oh, if you fall from like a high ledge. When you you fall from a high ledge and you kind of like you finally land, but while you're falling, you hear him go, "Oh shit, oh shit!" Like <laughs> like the the breath is getting caught in his stomach. It's like this is really good, man. I uh. I, I feel this right now. You know, is he going to be one of those actors who kind of sells off, and maybe he's done it already, and we just don't know, who's kind of sold the rights to his voice? Have you heard about people doing this? I think Morgan Freeman, uh, yeah. James Earl Jones. just Yeah, did. for doing like the AI. Yeah, exactly, so that uh, yeah. their, their voice can live on. You can type in a text prompt and have uh, James Earl Jones, Jones uh, read the news for you. I would love that. It's, it's Give crazy me that. to me. Yeah. As long as it doesn't sound robotic, well, like you know, the text-to-speech usually kind of has that, that slightly yeah. roboticness to mm-hmm. it. But yeah, they've they've done really well with with um, with some of these. So it's... I've got Samuel L. Jackson coming out of my Amazon Alexa. It sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> hey Joe, turn off the motherfucking TV. Uh, Jay, what's what's yours? What would be what would be your hidden gem? Oh, I don't know how much of a hidden gem it would be, but uh, I keep going back to like Hudson Hawk. Nah, who? <laughs> you know? No, <laughs> no. Yeah? You don't think so? I, I don't Jay, know. Your I, opinion I, is wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed that movie. It was. It was. It was. I, I have heard there, there does seem to be a Hudson Hawk renaissance nowadays. You're not the first person, Jay, who I've heard uh, defend that movie in hindsight. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It was just one of those. It's kind of like a. It's kind of like just an adventure movie. It's not necessarily action. It's not necessarily drama. It's just kind of, just kind of has that adventure kind feel. Of cartoony, to it. isn't it? It is very cartoony. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think uh, audiences were ready. And maybe it was ahead of its time. Maybe, there Joe, you, you need maybe to Maybe it was ahead you know, of its revisit, time. You know, I put your preconceived yeah. notions aside. I think I'm all right. I think, I think I'm good. <laughs> you guys remember, like, uh, when he when he cameoed? He's done a couple of cameos that I've enjoyed. Um, one, oh, yeah. I would say, Friends. might be yep. the very first time he teamed up with Samuel L. Jackson was in a movie called uh, Loaded Weapon 1. 
I don't know if you guys, oh, if you remember this, it was like a, holy crap. it was a spoof of Lethal Weapon. It was yes. Emilio Estevez and Sam Jackson uh. <laughs> playing like the Riggs and Murtaugh characters. But yep, there's a scene yep. where like the bad guys go to the beach and you know how like Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon had like a trailer on the beach. Mm-hmm. What well, At one point, like the helicopter goes to this trailer on the beach and like blows it up. <laughs> and then like they're they're looking at the rubble and this hand like pops up out of the top and starts this person starts to climb out and it's bruce willis and he's like nice. what's going on <laughs> and they're like is this 2232 beachwood ev and he's like no <laughs> this is 2235 beachwood ev. they're like oh, oh no. so it's further this way he's like yeah <laughs> so like they That's fly hilarious. off they're like they're like sorry he's like uh-huh <laughs> So there was that cameo, and I don't know if you guys remember. Um, was it the second or third? I think it was. I think it was the third Oceans movie, where the second one. Julie, it was the, the second, second one where one. Julia yeah, Roberts yeah. is posing as Julia Roberts. Yeah. Like there, there's this whole joke that like you know she looks like she looks like that person. You know she lo- and they never say it so until weird. the end. Where like then they're like you look like julia roberts and so like she poses as julia roberts to get into like i can't remember like terry benedict's place and bruce willis shows up and as bruce willis and he like he recognizes her and then realizes that's not really julia roberts or whatever and calls the cops and i thought it was like a really interesting cameo like very random it it, it was a, a horrible uh, plot point for the for the story like that movie uh, everybody had just kind of given up and was you know taking paychecks which yeah, is fine. they got a free italian um, vacation mm-hmm. sure yeah and and yeah more power to him but uh <laughs> yeah it really became weird because at what point do you stop doing that in a movie filled with a-list stars yeah because matt damon looks like matt damon mm-hmm. like you know a george clooney how come nobody's thinking uh the george clooney's character looks like the actor george clooney in that in that movie's universe it, a really yeah. weird conceit it's it, it's lazy writing yeah it was very lazy but yeah nice to see uh, bruce willis it's always nice to see bruce willis show up in something you always know yeah. and i know you said sometimes he phones it in and, and it's true but you're always going to get a certain level you know what to expect with with bruce willis and he can do it all for sure so it, mm-hmm. it, he's like a warm blanket he's he's safe yeah and uh it's gonna be weird having a, a hollywood where he's he's not in every other movie coming out every year so so who is the bruce willis of this next generation i mean i don't know is it chris, is it chris evans i was i was gonna say oh, oh chris, we, you know what we, he does because chris evans has that he has those comedic chops mm-hmm. he's but he's also mm-hmm. you know yeah. captain america but he's the action right. star i think he nailed it but I, it. I i don't know i'm 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 kind of leaning towards chris pratt on this just because yeah. he he has the same like i i'm i'm going back through and i'm watching um parks and rec oh god uh, yes. and just seeing his comedic chops in that yeah and and bringing into his kind of his action star uh in guardians of the galaxy which merged comedic with the action mm-hmm. so i think i think i think he's got the i think he's got it i'm gonna offer these three roles as my defense for chris evans and i'm <laughs> not gonna it. state anything else i'm just gonna <laughs> list three roles of why i feel like he is the next bruce willis captain america mm-hmm. lucas lee yes and uh the the oh man i can't remember the character now from uh the losers Oh yeah, oh. Jensen. 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 Oh of yes. Yeah. All right. Well, you've you've got me convinced. Yeah. yeah. I was I was blinded. That's it's compelling. <laughs> that's a compelling yeah. argument. I, I think this one's hitting harder because we we grew up with him, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen the progression sure. from 
uh, Moonlighting to I'm trying to think of the, the the most recent movie I've seen him in. Well, I guess it would be a uh, um, not Split, but um, Glass. Glass, Glass, the, the the third in the trilogy. That's maybe the last time I saw him in theaters. I mean, obviously, hopefully he'll he'll live a long life, right? He'll 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 be with us for many more years, um, and and enjoy mm-hmm. his uh, his family. Looks like he's got a beautiful family. He just celebrated a birthday last week. Mm-hmm. We all saw the video with him and and to me more. Um, I love that those two still have a decent relationship with each other. Me too. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, they've got yeah. kids too, but got um, kids. yeah. So it's it's just gonna be uh, it's gonna be hard to not see his face around like not when you watch yeah. award mm-hmm. shows and the oscars and not see him sitting there it's it, it's always going to feel like something's missing sure sure yeah. i mean i know yeah. i've shared this story before but i've got a, a just a, a fun bruce willis anecdote um that involves my mother um so i first started working at this movie theater when i was in high school it was like my sophomore junior year of high school and i started working at the cinemark theater in mckinney and like I was really excited because one of the perks is you get to go see free movies like whenever you want. Oh, yeah. So the first one I went to see, I told my mother, I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take you to a movie. Let's go to a movie tonight. She's like, really? I was like, yeah, let's use these perks. I get free movie tickets. So we go to the theater and uh, like we're looking at and seeing what's playing. Do you remember that? Going to a movie theater, not knowing what you're going to see. Yeah. Just like, well, let's <laughs> see know. what's playing. What a foreign concept. <laughs> now now I'm, I'm not getting in the car unless I've got the tickets <laughs> right? purchased and the seats chosen. Unless I have and- my seat. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we go and we're like, oh, well, there's that Bruce Willis movie. There's a Bruce Willis movie. Go, oh, I love Bruce Willis. Love Die Hard. Love Moonlighting. Let's go see this movie. It was the color of the night. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know what color of the night is, it's basically like a late night Cinemax like thriller yeah, yeah. Yeah. where you see Bruce Willis's dick <laughs> amongst other things. But like. It's just like Bruce Willis fucking for like two hours and like a murder mystery wrapped around it. Uh, And like sitting in a theater next to my mom (laughs) watching Bruce Willis just bang it out with, (laughs) I think, uh, June March. I can't remember what her name was, but like just screwing the shit out of this chick like constantly. Jane March. was really awkward, like just horrible, horrible uh so yeah <laughs> thank you bruce willis for that for that awkward moment with my mom that's so funny joe you say that because i too have an awkward bruce willis uh in a theater with my mom uh awkward moment uh and it was seeing the uh, aforementioned look who's talking where he does the voice uh not only the of the baby but uh the sperm that <laughs> the impregnates sperm. the egg at the very beginning of that movie it just starts with uh uh, you know, a bunch of sperm swimming through during the credits. And I'm sitting there as a, when did that movie come out? I must have been like 12 or 13. Old enough to know what sex and sperm was, but not old enough to want to talk about it with your mom sitting next to you. Certainly not seeing that. <laughs> Comedy yeah. film uh, featuring talking sperm voiced by one Bruce Willis. But uh, there we were. That's forever burned in my head. Jay, what's your embarrassing Bruce Willis story? <laughs> oh. I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I can't think of any other, any other embarrassing ones because most of the stuff that I've ever seen with my parents, either or, has been like his action stuff. Yeah, um, I think we. He's given us some great memories. He's given us some great work. Uh, no matter what you feel about like Bruce Willis, uh, I, I guarantee you, there's something in his catalog that you like that you connect with, mm-hmm. and I think that that's a rare thing for actors, for any actor. Absolutely. That, 
Mm-hmm. There's something for everyone. Like I don't think there's anybody who's like, I hate everything he's done. Like there's, yeah. there's something that's going to touch you. John McClane. That is the most iconic thing. Like that for me, that's up there with Indiana Jones and Han Solo. Like that's, mm-hmm. yeah. it doesn't get more macho heroic than that. Uh, uh, I, I, it, it shaped what I thought a hero is and should be. And, uh, and I, if I could, I would model myself after that all the time. Like one of the greatest times I ever had on stage was getting to play a John McClane like character oh, yeah. in a diehard spoof. Um, you know, it's, I, I love that movie. I love that movie so much. And yep. the fact that he's a part of it, a huge part of it, uh, that, that is a gift that, uh, that we'll keep on giving. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, Let's uh, let's close this thing out with uh, some stuff that we're looking forward to in the next week or two. Uh, what do you guys have on the horizon? Hmm. Well, there's the Dungeons and Dragons movie. There sure oh, is. That is true. Coming up should I there. be excited about that? I hear a lot of people talking about. Yeah, that. I think you should be. Yeah, I think. I think you, so. Yeah. If you're a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. it looks like they're leaning heavy into the Guardians of the Galaxy vibe, which is what they should have been doing all along. All like that along, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons movie that came out back in like the late '90s, 2000, early 2000s. That's what it should have been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, because what do you do when you sit around the table and you're playing Dungeons and Dragons? There's a good chance, like, a lot of that time is going to be spent goofing the fuck off. Yep, yep. Like, so a and d movie needs to have fun. And that looks like there's some fun going on here. The, the trailers are awesome. Yeah. Uh, and they're hitting all the high notes, all the things, like, even if you've played a little Dungeons and Dragons, they're, uh, they're, they're giving you like the greatest hits. Yeah. Uh, and I think the cast that they've got, that they put together for it is stellar. But you know, as of this record mm-hmm. on uh, Wednesday, <laughs> March 22nd, Dateline. tomorrow night, John Wick 4 hits oh, the Oh, that's right. Oh, shit, that's right. Yes. That's right. Oh, that's right. Oh, I didn't realize yes. it was tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Are you guys up, up on the uh, the John yes. Wick movies? I yes. have only seen the first one. I do remember enjoying it. Um, this might be an opportunity to just kind of do a little marathon before uh, part four comes out. Yeah. Do that. I'm, I'm into that. Do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, and now they've got like spinoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got like the Continental TV show that's going to be coming out where it's all about the hotel with all the assassins. It's going to be like, I think, an anthology kind of series, if I got it correctly, nice. uh, where they follow like different assassins and stuff. Um, and we've got like some work from the late Lance Reddick uh, that's going yeah, to be in there. I know. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he also did some work on Anna de Armas's The Ballerina, who, if you've seen John Wick 3, you're familiar with her character. So it's kind of fun. I love that they're expanding this world of John Wick. Like these <laughs> movies that. I don't think I'm spoiling anything that at least the first three are like, it takes place over the course of two days. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like it's been like two or three days. So yeah. it's like, wow. Uh, and Keanu Reeves, man, I think someday we're going to have an episode just like this. Yeah. What we've talked about with Bruce Willis. I think we're going to be talking about Keanu Reeves mm-hmm, very absolutely. soon about like the diversity of this guy mm-hmm. and how maybe he hasn't gotten enough credit over the lifetime of his mm-hmm. career. Yeah. for the work that he can do. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, John Wick. Finally caught that third uh, Bill and Ted movie a few months back. Um, that uh, I still need to watch that. Yeah, not bad. Not watch that. Nice way to yeah. wrap things up. I, I, yes. what I've heard. It's great. It yeah, had a lot of heart. It, uh, it, it really kind of brought you back to that, the silly sense of humor of the first two in a way that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. So pleasant surprise. Yeah. A love letter, mm-hmm. a sincere love letter. Well said. Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. 
Um, yeah, but okay. So we got John Wick four. Jay's looking forward to Dungeons and Dragons. That leaves you, Joel. What are you looking forward to? Man, I don't. I I'm looking forward to playing more Metroid Dread because I'm over halfway through that Excellent. game. I, that's that's all. I, got. I don't have anything new on the horizon. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking out into the future. I've got a Mario Brothers movie coming. I got another Zelda game coming. Life is good right now. I'm playing a Metroid game. Uh, I'm basically all things Nintendo right now. I'm I'm living the Nintendo dream. Man, Very cool. if, if 2023's Joel could go back to 1991's Joel and uh, <laughs> tell him what he had to look forward to, um, that would still blow his little mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to which uh, 13-year-old Joel would still be like, man, you're still playing video games? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should you be married and having children? Do you... Do you... <laughs> Do you finally do you finally get laid? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do for a job? <laughs> oh man. Guys, if you have anything that you want to share, things that you're looking forward to, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, LRHD. Uh is that what it is? LRHD pod or it's actually low res high def. Low res high def. High def. I always, At low res high def on I'm Twitter. into that whole brevity thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh we're also uh low res high def.com. That is correct. I'm gonna have to learn what these things are. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm flying blind here. I'm the keeper uh, of all things. Tech. Well, then you should be talking about it. No, that's fine. You've got it <laughs> at Low Res High Def on Twitter and uh, Low Res at High, Low Def. Res High Def. There you go. And let us know what's going on. Uh, and you know, topics for the future, things that you'd like to hear our takes. For some reason, you would want to hear us talk about. <laughs> uh, but you know, just let us know what you think. What, what's your Bruce Willis movie? What's your go-to? What do you think people should take a look at that you don't think gets enough credit? Uh, and and what what movie do you think should be stricken from his oh. uh, catalog <laughs> that people should just forget about? I'm gonna put Jackal up there. Unbreakable. Oh, um, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would get a rise out of you. My favorite uh, Bruce Willis movie. Right, do you guys, anybody have anything they want to plug, anything they want to talk about before we uh, close this thing down? Well, let's wrap it. Okay. Um, well, I have one thing. Mm. Check out Trigun Stampede. Oh, nice. I do a, a voice in the oh. uh, the return of the, the legendary anime Trigun. Uh, Trigun Stampede. Uh, Vash the Stampede is back. Nice. And, uh, and I get mm. to be a part of it. Uh, not not a huge character or anything like that. Just every episode opens with a uh, a radio broadcaster kind of like setting the stage. What? And that that's radio awesome. broadcaster is me. Wow, yes. that's quite a stretch show. Yes, you sir. think you're up for it? I think you got the chops. <laughs> the, you know, that's that's the inside joke with me and the director, uh, Jeremy Inman. He, uh, he's like, hey, so I cast you in this and I want to know if you're up for it. <laughs> you're going to be a radio DJ. I'm like, you motherfucker. Hey, man. Uh, no, it's it's been a fun project, and I love working with him. Oh, he's nice. he's awesome. fantastic to work with. Uh, he is the director that gave me my first anime job, and I will I will follow him into hell. Uh, wow. So you're his Bruce Willis. I'm go, his Bruce Willis. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I might not be his Bruce Willis. Maybe I'm his you know F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I'm still I'm happy to be a part of the party. Uh, all right. Well, then we'll go ahead and close this thing out. Jay, thank you so much for awesome. joining us awesome uh, to talk Mike. about, you thank know, you obviously a passion of ours. We've watched so many Bruce Willis movies in our youth. Um, yeah. Snuck into many a movie theater yes. to catch a Bruce Willis release. <laughs> yes, um, I think, no, you weren't there for when, when Die Hard 3 came out. I was working at the movie theater and uh, I was a projectionist at the time. And at the time you had to like preview the movies the night before to make sure the prints were good. Ah. And yeah, like I, I remember watching Die Hard 3 and being oh. so stoked that I was seeing it before anybody else. Yep. Uh, I remember being super jealous of that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that a good one? Was that one of the bad ones? Yeah. Die Hard 3 is the, the good sequel. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
but thank you, dude. And we'll definitely have to have you back. Hell yeah. Uh, again, oh, yeah, we'd love we to be back. Want to want to talk about some more stuff with my brother, yeah. uh, Jay Gunn. Yes. Uh, Joel. Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me shit last time. You're like, you usually say it's a pleasure. I say pleasure's all mine. Pleasure's all mine. <laughs> no, no, it's too late for that. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. We have been Low Red Side Def, and we'll check you next week. See ya. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.